Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 268, and I wanted to read to you guys a very interesting article that I came across kind of by accident. Um, I was looking at mergers and the American economy because sometimes mergers are good, sometimes they're not. I'm kind of iffy on it, although I do understand mergers because mergers, in my opinion, They keep your economy alive, but also sometimes they can gobble up competition and then eliminate competition. So it's not always pro-capitalism. It's not always pro-democracy. It's not always pro-freedom. Although without mergers, it would be difficult for any economy to stay afloat because mergers, typically it's a more stable company taking over a not-so-stable company. So in that respect, you are keeping... I would say that part of the private sector alive by making sure that the smaller companies that they don't go out and under completely but instead they merge with a more successful company that knows what they're doing way better it's just sometimes these mergers occur not because they're actually trying to help the economy they want to stifle it and they want more of your money so there are pros and cons to everything there's always good and bad uh, mergers for the most part I think Are, are are good and I'm kind of iffy on it still, um, but mergers like I've seen a takeover and it was very unpleasant. But I think that if a company is actually trying to save an industry, then I understand that. I agree with that. If a company is merging or taking over another company just to make it so that there's less competition in the American economy in our market, I very much disagree with that because that's creating a monopoly. So as long as a merger is not creating a monopoly, I'm all for it. But if it is leaning towards and its true intention is to create a monopoly, that's a big problem. So I was looking it up because I came across another article that was I think it's Albertsons and Kroger's are trying to merge and I'm not I don't I'm not for that. I think those are two very large um grocery stores that if they merged, it would not be a good thing. It would not However, what's interesting is that Albertsons and Kroger's, they both have union workers because it's supposedly employee owned. So, that's where I get concerned where it's unionized. They belong to a union, the workers do, and so they control the the employees, not the market. The employees control the price of goods. That's a big problem. Unions are not um they're not for the American people. they are only for themselves although they claim to be for all workers they're not they're just for unionized labor which pretty much discriminates against everybody else that doesn't have a union job anyway getting back to this article it's it's entitled Americans pay a price for corporate consolidation this was published August 26 2023 so fairly recent it's it's an editorial article and i don't see the names of who wrote it but it is from the new york times so i'm guessing it's like a conglomerate of people that wrote it if i come across the name i'll let you know um the illustration is very interesting um from this article it's like a really neat picture it is by rebecca chu and i guess she works for the new york times Let's see here. Oh, it says here the editorial board. So the people that wrote this, it says the editorial board is a group of opinion journalists whose views are informed by expertise, research, debate, and certain long-standing values. It is separate from the newsroom. So this is editorial, but still very interesting. I'm not always a fan 
of editorials or opinion pieces, but sometimes they have a point. Number one, freedom of speech, so they have a right to say it. Number two, it kind of gives you a, a insight into how journalists are viewing things right now that are taking place in the American economy, within America in general, and within our businesses. And then we're not just talking about Wall Street. What a lot of people don't understand is that not every merger has to deal with Wall Street. It is regulated, but it's not always, you know, a huge company like CVS or Walgreens, you know, that kind of thing. Although Walgreens, not a big fan of them like I used to be because they've had several mergers and they have done so much harm to taking over the price of of basically drugs. And I don't agree with that because the powers of the people always has been always will be. and sometimes as a consumer and as someone has health insurance sometimes you have no choice but to go to certain pharmacies that are negotiated with in regards to your health insurance plan that I understand I've worked as a licensed insurance agent for a few years and then quit cuz I couldn't stand the craziness of it but you know, I very much understand the legislation side of it what I don't like about the health insurance world is that there's only like a few big players that try and control everything. One of them, which I can't stand, is United Healthcare. United Healthcare to me is so evil, so wicked, and yet they were one of the first health insurance companies to get in bed, guess with who? The federal government. So you know that if you're going to try and suit uh what's it called? United Healthcare, almost said Tricare, but United Healthcare because they got in bed with the government really quick with Obamacare, needs to say the federal government probably has given them exceptions to the rules so it makes it difficult for you to sue them. It is not the role of government to pick winners and losers. It is the role of government to hold everybody accountable because that's where you get equality and equality stems from the constitution of the United States of America. But the moment you start to rip apart that constitution and allow your government and its lawmakers to pick and choose winners and losers that's discrimination. That's where the inequality comes into play. So, FYI be aware of that. But let's dive into this article here and it gets from the New York Times. It says across the American economy and in industries ranging from air travel to veterinary medicine, big companies keep getting bigger and more powerful. That's very true. Swallowing smaller rivals has become a widely accepted practice. If you want an example of that, and this is just my little tidbit here would be Warren Buffett. We will talk about some of the richest people here in the United States and talk about how they got so rich, why they're rich, and did they do it ethically, legally, and morally? Cuz you know, I look at it this way, you guys know my rule. Everything I do has to be legal and moral. Because just because something is legal does not mean it is moral. And this is one reason why we have this is just a side note. This is why we have a court of law. This is why we have judges and this is why you have a local courthouse, then you have a circuit court system, then you have the Supreme Court. You have layers of justice. Why? To weed out the evil and to hold bad people accountable. Cuz sometimes let's face it, sometimes juries are fooled, sometimes judges do the wrong thing. But this is why we have appeals. So just imagine if our court system acted like some of these companies where they're so big, they violate someone's rights. See what I mean? Th- this is why these larger companies 
Again, of all four people being rich, but doing it the right way. A lot of these larger companies that are that are participating in mergers, this it is not out of the goodness of their heart. You know, it's truly about the American dollar. And here's the thing: the American dollar, that currency, belongs to you and it belongs to me. It belongs to the American people. Why? Because on our currency, it is a Federal Reserve note. If you're a citizen of the United States, it belongs to you and to me. And it is our endeavors and our successes and our work ethic that determines how much of that currency we get paid, how much we invest, and what we do with it. But if you allow big companies to just take over everything, they will cause inflation. It's like big government. Big government causes way more inflation than big companies. It's way worse. But let's dive back into this. It says swallowing more rivals has become a widely accepted practice. That's true, and this is why we have the Federal Trade Commission. It's the FTC and SEC, which is the Securities Exchange Commission. They are supposed to be the regulators that stop this malarkey, meaning they stop the bad but authorize the good. Like they're supposed to get appropriate approvals. How some of these companies get approvals is beyond me. I'm like, did the FTC and SEC actually look at this? Did they read the fine print? I mean, you just you just have to wonder. What are some of our government agencies, these federal agencies? What are they thinking? It's just unbelievable. I mean, I'm not a fan of overregulation. I just want normal regulations. But you'd be surprised how often the federal government makes it a point to pick winners and losers, and that's not the role of government. It is not. Moving on, it says this concentration of corporate power, and it is corporate power. And I'm not saying that corporate power is a bad thing. It's just that when it squashes mom and pop shops, that's when it becomes an issue. Because every single one of these corporations started out small. They started out as a small mom and pop shop, but at some point they get so big, it's it's like it's kind of like too big to fail. And in my book, no company and no politician. And no federal agency and no union is too large to fail. So you'd think that there would be antitrust laws that our federal government would follow the guidelines of, and we do have antitrust laws. This is what this is talking about. It's what it's getting the point to. But it's one of those things that if you don't enforce those rules, laws, and regulations, then your legislation means nothing. If it means nothing, then it hurts people like you and me. So not cool with that, because we have equality in this country. But with big corporate power, there's so much inequality; it's sickening. It's it's horrible. It says this concentration of corporate power, however, is neither inevitable nor desirable for the health of the American economy. The Biden administration is embarking on a wide-ranging effort. To check corporate power by promoting competition, a stated goal of both parties, and it needs Congress to support its effort with bipartisan legislation. Okay, that all sounds good and rosy, right? But here's the thing: the Biden administration doesn't have a clue how businesses work. It does not have a clue how the private sector works. So yes, I agree that 
we need to have a checks and balance system and promote competition within the private sector but government is not the genius here again the biden administration is trying to pick and choose winners and losers so much of the biden administration's i would say legislation that they've passed has not been good it has been detrimental to the economy here in the united states So it's kind of like okay, you know they use these lovely phrases. Oh, we have bipartisan legislation. We you know we want to curtail corporate power because it's evil. You know they they use all this jargon. But it's like okay, what's behind it? How do you plan on combating this stuff? Big government will use the big arm and the stranglehold of the federal government to do what it wants. And that's not how you handle the economy. because the economy does not belong to the federal government it belongs to the american people moving on it says it has proposed new rules meaning the biden administration like a ban on non-compete agreements that prevent workers from changing jobs more freely it is ceding competition for example by investing more than a billion dollars to open and expand smaller meatpacking plants and it has taken a tough line on mergers blocking some big deals dissuading companies from pursuing others and even suing to unwind Facebook's 2012 acquisition of Instagram. Now that I kind of agree with. Facebook is a evil corporation. It's very evil. I I kind of wondered why they were allowed to take over Instagram. Just just think about how large Facebook is and then how large Instagram is. It would be like if Elon Musk took over Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Oh my gosh, people would just fight him on that. They'd say he's an evil capitalist because he's a billionaire, probably soon to be a trillionaire, but here's the thing. Facebook did the exact thing I just mentioned. They took over Instagram. Surprisingly, they did not take over Twitter. See, these are two very large companies that need to be separate. See, they they are buying and misusing your data. That's a privacy issue. Big time. It it is a big problem. Um Here's another thing. I don't agree with the federal government investing like a billion dollars into certain industries. I just that's the federal government using our money to do something that the private sector needs to do. If I'm reading this sentence correctly, It says it is ceding competition for example by investing more than a billion dollars to open and expand smaller meatpacking plants. Here's the thing, if a smaller meatpacking plant can't do it, then they shouldn't be in business. And I say that respectfully, but here's the thing. A lot of small meatpacking plants they stay local. Like for example, here in Oklahoma and in Texas, I'm trying to think how many meatpacking places we have. They're just kind of small mom and pop shop. Like you know, let's say for example it's deer season and you and you go and you kill a deer or whatever and you want to eat that meat you want to you know consume deer meat or maybe it's turkey season and and, and you kill a turkey but you don't have the tools or the time or the knowledge to process your meat will you take it to a meat processor? A lot of these meat processors are going to be small mom and pop shops. They're not all going to be on the New York Stock Exchange. So for the federal government to invest a billion dollars and that's tax dollars that's you and I's money 
that is extracted from our paychecks that has to go to the federal government, okay? It is not the role of government to pick and choose who the winners and the losers are. And that's what they're doing there with our money and that's not appropriate. I understand why they want to do it. I understand why, but it's not appropriate and technically it's not legal. It's not legal because it's Congress that has the power of the purse. But the way that I would say different presidencies get away with things like this because I don't think it's just a democrat issue. I don't think it's just democratic. I think it's also a republican issue. Um because I've seen where republicans that they start acting like democrats and I just don't agree with that. I'm like if you say you're a republican, you need to be a republican. If you're not going to act like a republican, then you need to change parties. But needs to say There are so many things that the Biden administration has done and is doing that is breaking our laws. But yet they think because they have the executive power, you know, the executive branch that they can just do whatever they want. Well, that's no different than Facebook taking over Instagram. See what I mean? Like there's a power struggle. So yes, you have an administration, the Biden administration that is against corporate greed and against corporate power, but look at the kind of power they want and what they're trying to do in the Supreme Court. So you know it's kind of like what I've said in times past just because someone says they love you or they say they like you doesn't mean that they actually do. The proof is in the pudding. Moving on it says last month the Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission which are charged with enforcing antitrust laws proposed new merger guidelines that would formalize this turn toward stringency ending decades of I think it's acquiesce if that's how you pronounce that word to corporations by both democratic and republican administrations. So, you know, we acknowledge that sometimes democrats and republicans sometimes are one the same. So, that that's not how it's supposed to be. Goes on to say, the document explains that the administration regards as illegal creating a basis for consistent enforcement, putting companies on notice and preparing judges for the cases that may come before them. Well, what does that mean preparing judges? See, No one is supposed to be speaking to a judge before a case. Just like no one is supposed to be speaking to jurors during a case and sometimes before or after. So, yes, the Biden administration is against big business, but now it's trying to corrupt judges. That's what that means. Goes on to say, the reassertion of an active government role in protecting competition has the potential to deliver significant benefits. Okay, just be careful that's not communist. Be careful that's not socialist. So yes, we want a active government role. We already have that legislation there. They just need to enforce it. We don't need more government and bigger government. We actually need smaller government because the power is with the people. Go uh, going on it says competition keeps pressure on prices. That's true. It encourages the development of better and more diverse products and services, very true. Here's the thing though. If you get big government involved, it squashes competition, it ruins products and it ruins services. This is exactly what happened in the Soviet Union, the USSR. Their economy crashed, it tanked, their currency was awful. There was massive starvation. So you do not want a big government active role in business. because business belongs to you and to me it belongs to the citizens it does not belong to the government 
the more you give control of your businesses to government, the more they suck at drive its money. Here's the thing. You know, they talk about corporate greed. Okay, I acknowledge that exists, but the greed that takes place in corporations is nothing. It is minuscule compared to the greed that is in the federal government. Just think about the DOD, the Department of Defense. Think about how much money they waste. Like we talked previously, I think an article about uh, a um there is a contractor, a contracting company, we might circle back to that who totally ripped off the American public by overcharging on airplane parts by like 3000% or something. But he did this via government contracts. But the federal government paid it out. So it's just like, okay, this is a revolving door of greed. And Senator Elizabeth Warren has been calling these people out on it. And I agree with her on this. She's really sharp. She is really sharp. Sometimes a little nutty when it comes to other things, but when it comes to this stuff, she's spot on. Uh going on it says it holds open the gates of opportunity so workers can pursue other jobs or start their own businesses. It helps to ensure that prosperity and political power are broadly distributed. Here's the thing. That sounds socialist to me because it's not the role of government to decide who is prosperous and who has political power. I mean, do we want to be like Mexico? <laughs> That's very corrupt. I mean, do we want to be socialist like Canada? And Trudeau, I mean, he he's oh man, he's horrible for his people. I feel so sorry for them, but they continue to vote him into office. Whose fault is that? That's their own. That's their own fault. Moving on it says, in my view, and this is a quote, in my view, it's the most important economic policy thing that the Biden administration will do this year, and this is from Tim Wu, a Columbia law law school professor who served until earlier this year as President Biden's advisor on technology and competition policy. What does he know about that? He's a law school professor. See, that's the that's the stupidity of the federal government. Let's hire a law school professor to look at technology and competition in regards to policies. He he's not in technology. He's not in competition. He's a law professor. Law professors don't know squat about the private sector. See that that's this is a perfect example of how big government gets it completely wrong. Instead of going to the source, which would be the private sector, they get a law school professor to be one of their advisors. Do you have any idea how corrupt some law schools are and how many law professors are atheists? and they don't respect the law at all. This is why we have so many people that go to law school, you know, being good normal people and then they come out a a crooked lawyer. It's like they've sold their soul to the devil. It's it's creepy. Well, this is why. This is why. Mr. Wu, who was not involved in creating the proposed guidelines, said the document reflected a determination to end a green light era in which american antitrust enforcers largely declined to enforce antitrust laws okay here's the thing i will acknowledge that as a true statement we should have had more people honor and respect antitrust laws that we have on the book enforce them but the problem is not adding more laws <coughs> the solution is just to enforce the laws that you have 
we actually have some really good antitrust laws and maybe we will do an episode on that because this impacts our labor it directly impacts our labor and it impacts our economy our currency and the goods and and services that you purchase that's just how it is goes on to say but the shift comes with real risk too tire enforcement could inhibit the growth of companies that have prospered through innovation or through the delivery of goods and services at lower cost that's very true at least they're speaking the truth about this bigger companies may be better equipped to compete in the global marketplace that's very true very true like we're not anti big company we're just anti crook <laughs> you know it's just just treat others how you want to be treated i mean it should be the golden rule goes on to say for several decades continuing under president ronald reagan both democratic and republican administrations embraced the idea that corporate concentration was often economically beneficial and that companies engaged in harmful behavior would be disciplined by market forces the merger guidelines issued by the reagan administration in 1982 set the tone quote although they sometimes harm competition mergers generally generally play an important role in a free enterprise economy well that's a very stupid way of looking at it <laughs> just is because the more mergers you have the less competition you have so the less competition you have the less of a free enterprise economy you have so somebody wasn't thinking um the guidelines that that was their statement that they said um under subsequent administrations the government refined an approach that gave corporations the benefit of the doubt it wasn't enough to show a merger would reduce competition the government generally sought to block deals only when it could show a merger would result in higher prices for consumers or that it would clearly cause some other quantifiable harm a standard that was rarely met under this easy pass approach to antitrust enforcement industries rapidly consolidated under the united states or sorry consolidated until the united states was left with four major airlines three major cell phone companies and two dominant makers of coffins oh no <laughs> even the coffin business is not protected <laughs> that's sad oh man makes me want to rewatch the show that movie has Val Kilmer in it what's it called tombstone awesome um but moving on it says a 2018 analysis concluded that concentration had increased in three quarters of domestic industries giving companies more power to raise prices squeeze suppliers suppress wages and influence policymakers that's very true and they do that by lobbyists i'm not a fan of lobbyists i get why they're there i think they have a place but they have way too much power and they're overpaid Moving on it says Americans have been living as subjects in a large scale experiment and letting big companies do as they please and the consequences are increasingly apparent in daily life that's very true but i don't think they realize exactly what they're saying here i guarantee you they're not going to like what i'm about to say just think about the Biden administration making it more difficult to ha- to be oil and gas independent as opposed to dependent do you like paying more at the pump Well, think about the companies that are involved in that. Or more specifically, think about companies that are not allowed to be involved in that because the Biden administration has blocked so much drilling here at home that we hardly have any fuel being produced here at home and that's why we're having to import it. 
<laughs> from really bad, dirty companies. And what I mean by that is they are producing dirty oil and dirty fuel, but in another country, and then we are importing it in. And it's actually creating more pollution. So that's the thing. But yet the Biden administration claims, oh, we care about green energy. But yet, look, they are forcing us to get our fuel from bad suppliers. So this is where big government obviously did not put its thinking cap on. And it is operating in kind of a, a way of stupidity. Not cool, right? It goes on to say, compare the United States with Europe, where authorities have more successfully resisted the consolidation of major industries. That's true. But Europe is socialist. Their economy sucks. Their currency sucks. Their workers don't get paid as much as we do. They have socialized medicine, so they don't have access to the same goods or to the same lifestyles that we have here in the United States. Europe is not the standard. Europe is not the way to go. I love Europe. It's beautiful. But it is not economically sound. Europe has tremendous problems with its government. Each individual government trying to take over corporations. Like in Italy, for example, I've said this before, their government controls the price of fuel. So whenever the government in Italy wants to punish people for using their car or their scooter or an airline trying to get passengers to where they need to go, they raise the price of fuel. And it's horrible. And there have been strikes over there. And it's just like the people, they keep voting in these bad lawmakers. Here's the thing. You can have capitalism and have a clean environment. Because when you have capitalism and democracy and liberty and freedom, you actually are, are letting people create and invent things that will clean up the messes. But if you act like Europe... The government and the legislators over there act like they are the be-all, end-all. They're basically like a, a little mini Biden administration. They squash competition. They squash the private sector. It's like everybody wants to have a government job over there because the government jobs pay really well and they don't have to work as much. But yet the governments over there, they squeeze and squeeze and squeeze the private sector out of so much of its profits. That's why there are so many companies that don't last long over in Europe. So Europe is not the standard that we should be looking at, is my point. But moving on with the article, it says, Airfares in the United States are now significantly more expensive. North American Airlines pocketed more than twice as much in profits from each passenger in 2022 as their European counterparts. The Internet costs more, too. Uh, Americans pay more than twice as much for broadband, And the cost of cellular service is also an average more than twice as high in the United States as the average of other developed nations. Here's the thing. Their Internet sucks <laughs> over there. Their Internet and their cell phone coverage sucks. The technology is not, what it, not where it needs to be to give their clients and their customers and their citizens the same service. No other country is known for their Internet or their cell phone service like we are. Is it more expensive? Is there some greed going on by like AT&T, whom I can't stand? Yes, true. But the services and the technology is better. It just is. Plus, a lot of the unions over in Europe, they control a lot of those products, goods, and services. And that's why their, their products, goods, and services don't even compare to the United States. So it's not just about money. 
Yes, the cost is cheaper over there, but what are you getting? Not a whole lot. It's not as good as the United States. This article goes on to say the economist Thomas, I think it's Philip, I think it's Philippon, wrote in a 2019 book about the decline of competition in the United States that the American economy would be roughly $1 trillion larger than it is today if the United States simply maintained the level of competition that prevailed in the year 2000. Here's the thing. You can thank um, President Obama for some of that. You can thank Democrat lawmakers for this. Because they squash competitions because Democrat lawmakers think they have the right and the authority to pick winners and losers in the private sector. This is why President Trump wanted to drain the swamp in Washington, D.C. He's a businessman. He knows what these people do. He's known them for years. He knows they're corrupt, and he wanted to stop that. And this is why D.C. and so many different groups are against Donald Trump. He's a self-made millionaire, billionaire, and it's like, wow, you would think that, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. You would think that they would see him as, hey, he fulfilled the American dream. But they don't see him that way. They just don't. They find anything and everything to throw at him, and it's like it's just mudslinging, and it gets so old. But moving on, it says, the turn toward stringency reflects some of what has been learned in recent years about the effects of corporate concentration. For example, in a new emphasis on protecting workers. Economic circumstances also have changed. Well, you can thank the Biden administration and, and the Obama administration for that because during both administrations, <coughs> excuse me, there's been inflation. And businesses have gone out of business. <laughs> Whereas whenever you have a Republican, businesses boom. People have more jobs, they have better jobs, and they have more pay. So, it's just kind of interesting. goes on to say the rise of online business models in particular has created challenges not fully anticipated by earlier generations of policymakers, such as the ways that user data can be used to limit competition. In December, Amazon settled an antitrust complaint brought by European Union regulators by agreeing to stop using data gathered from third-party sellers on its site to collaborate its own retail business decisions. The most important change, however, is a reconsideration of the role of economics in making policy. Here's the thing. Most people that are making policies in this country are people that have been to law school. This is why so many of our policies are so complex, so stupidly don't make sense, and do not, they're not really relevant to the private sector, and they're not really relevant to our lives. This is the problem with electing lawyers continuously to serve as politicians. <laughs> This is why that's a problem. goes on to say the guidelines treat the economic analysis of corporate concentration as a valuable source of, of information rather than the measuring stick by which decisions are made. Antitrust authorities have failed in their responsibility to the American people by assigning to themselves the burden of trying to figure out which mergers may be harmful rather than taking seriously other uh, marching orders from Congress to prevent concentration. Okay, I agree with them that the antitrust authorities have failed in their responsibility, but it's because they did not enforce the laws that are on the books. It is not the role of Congress to get involved in every little thing. 
That's not its job. We already have rules, laws, and regulations on the books. Just enforce what you are supposed to enforce. <laughs> They already have a roadmap. They already have protocols. Just do it. Pretend you're Nike. Just do it. Goes on to say, some harms are difficult to quantify, some are difficult to anticipate, and sometimes the damage is cumulative. In separate interviews, Jonathan Cantor, the assistant attorney general who heads the Justice Department's antitrust division, and Lena Kahn, the chairman of the Federal Trade Commission, argued that the changes should be seen as a restoration of the plain meaning of the nation's antitrust laws. which place limits on corporate concentration even when it isn't possible to show negative economic effects in advance. Mr. Cantor said his department is focused on protecting competition because that is the goal that Congress enshrined in law and he is in the law enforcement business. We're going back to enforcing the law to its fullest extent. Okay, true, but that doesn't come from Congress. It comes from just enforcing the law. That's just how it is. goes on to say to achieve this goal the, the administration will need to overcome the skepticism of federal judges many of whom are steeped in the minimalist approach to antitrust enforcement here's the thing federal judges are not in charge of the economy that's why many judges have a minimalist approach because it's not their job to decide who the winners and the losers are in the United States much less in our economy much less in the private sector See this this democrat way of thinking is oh it's the judge's decision who who decides this. No 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 no, it's the lawmakers. It's us, the American people, the American public. We already have laws in the books. The role of federal judges is to follow the rule of law. Not to manipulate it, not to pick winners and losers, but to enforce federal law that's all they're supposed to do they can have their opinions all day and all night at the end of the day it's about what laws are on the books what laws are supposed to be enforced and which ones are being violated and what are the consequences to those things goes on to say the regulatory agencies have lost several cases in which they sought to enforce antitrust laws more stringently including decisions allowing the tech giant meta to buy within a maker of virtual reality apps and to let Microsoft proceed with its acquisition of I think it's Activision Blizzard which makes video games. Well, here's the thing, Microsoft has been doing bad things for years. What else is new? What else is new? So it's like okay, these companies if you just enforce the antitrust laws, you won't have these problems. But some of these federal agencies are not doing their job. You know, what's interesting is I, I think my personal opinion is some of these federal agencies they don't do their job just so they can complain, just so they can get more power. That's the key to this. Because what better examples than Meta, and Meta or Meta and Microsoft to make a point about oh how bad big business is. Big business is not the problem. It's bad people that are the problem. I've never been a fan of Bill Gates. He's always creeped me out. Always, he's a creeper. Uh, moving off the article, it says a key element of the Reagan administration's antitrust revolution was to put on the bench legal scholars who had played leading roles in developing 
what might be called the anti-antitrust movement. That's not true. They're just enforcing federal law, and if you can't prove a federal law has been broken, then you don't have a case. That's just how it is. You act, you, you know, in order to throw someone in jail or to arrest someone, you have to have evidence and proof that a law has been broken. You can't just go, "Oh, I don't like them. Oh, they make too much money. Mm, lock them up." You can't do that. You you have to have proof. Without proof, as I say, you got nothing. The Biden administration so far has not uh, emulated that strategy. Through the guidelines, however, it is at least seeking to change minds. Well, more than that, they want to manipulate. The document can be understood as an open letter to the judiciary entrusted or sorry, encrusted in footnotes and references, pressing the argument that a shift is not just good policy but also good law. Okay, it's not the role of the presidency to control uh, our judges. The president can nominate judges, but it's not his job to control their verdicts. That's not appropriate. That's actually breaking the law. It says Congress can help. Uh, prominent politicians in both parties regularly express concern about the effects of concentration and the power of corporations, but Congress has not passed a significant law addressing antitrust enforcement in more than 70 years because they don't need to. <laughs> they have these laws on the books. They have them there. Enforce what you have. Okay, it's not the role of Congress to lock people up, and that's what some people want the Congress to do. That is not the role of Congress. It is not. It goes on to say the proposed guidelines seek to apply those old laws to the modern economy, but it's an imperfect fit. No, it's not. I disagree with these people here. Just enforce the laws that you have. Business is business. It doesn't matter whether it's a brick, a brick and mortar store or an online business. A business is a business. This is nothing new. Nothing new. Goes on to say the United States needs to update its antitrust laws. No, it doesn't. To place stronger limits on corporate concentration and specifically to curb the power of tech companies. Okay, I disagree. With placing um, stronger limits on corporate concentration, just enforce the laws you have. Just enforce the laws you already have in the books, and that corporate concentration, it will not be so concentrated. But I do agree with them on to curb the power of tech companies. Strangely, tech companies, um, they've been kind of given a free pass by federal regulators. Why? I don't know. So basically, there are laws in the books about these things, but these federal agencies and these federal regulators are not holding these companies accountable, even to the laws that are already on the books. So, if federal if federal regulators and the powers that be, so to speak, if they're already not enforcing the law, why would you implement and pass more laws that they're just not going to enforce? If anything, I guarantee you, these laws will punish the American people. Who are not the problem? It's these big companies. <laughs> so, it's it's one of those things. You have to be careful what power you give to your government because sometimes government very much manipulates it, and I don't like that. Goes on to say, bridging differences between the two political parties won't be easy, but enduring changes in antitrust policy have always required bipartisan support. Why? <laughs> because this affects everybody equally. 
That's why. Antitrust laws are are not just for lawyers and and big corporations. It it's antitrust laws are for everybody. They're for everybody. Because, you know, your your economy, whatever company or whatever, excuse me, whatever country you live in, those laws affect everybody equally. That that's just how it is. But here's the thing. There are some people that think that legislation should be dictated by the few. That's not how this country works. The powers of the people always has been, always will be, and this is why I get concerned with lawyers being elected over and over again to Congress, you know, Senate, you know, whatever the case may be, a representative. you know some form of power some form of leadership i don't like how lawyers think typically they're very argumentative they typically are only doing the job because excuse me because they want to win let me get a drink of water hold on just a moment i'll close with this you have to be careful who you elect to office because whoever you elect to office can greatly help your country or greatly hinder your country and the way they do that is by how things affect the private sector the government will always get paid it will always get paid why because they're always going to collect taxes <laughs> that's their job so basically these rules laws and regulations they're always felt by you and by me immediately because we are the ones that are paying the bills we are the ones that are living in this country that are living in this economy that that are using the goods and services you know and paying for them and all those good things you know it's you and I that are participating in this world and in this country and in this economy and in this private sector here's the thing the government whatever your government is whether it's in the United States or Australia or Russia Your government will always have a a bank account. <laughs> you know, they will never find themselves, "Oh, oops, I made a mistake. I should pay a 50 million dollar fine." Do you really think the federal government is going to admit to things like that? Usually when the federal government pays a fine, it's because there there's a watchdog agency or <coughs> excuse me, someone has sued the federal government and said, "Hey, you can't do this. You broke the law." Here's the thing. It's very difficult sometimes to sue the government and actually win because the federal government they they have their own personal piggy bank and that's our tax dollars. You know, they're like, "Okay, take us to court. Let let's see who runs out of money first. It's going to be you, not me." That that's their thinking. The federal government knows they have a slush fund of money. So when someone sues them, the federal government knows all they have to do is just drag it out for years and the people will give up because they've lost all their money. That's how many of these court cases have gone down in regards to the EPA going after people's land and trying to confiscate their private property and saying, "Oh, it's what's the eminent domain or, or whatever the legal phrase is." It's like, "You have to be kidding me." Because th- there's a lizard, someone saw a lizard on my property, now now I can't drill a well or I mean, it's just like just the dumb excuses that the federal government uses to try and take over people's private property. And again, the government, they have a personal piggy bank. AKA our tax dollars. I mean they have the treasury. 
So he needs to say whenever someone wins a court case against the federal government, that is a wow, th- that is an amazing victory because sometimes it is very difficult to sue your government. It just is. So, you know, let me put it this way, when you when you sue someone, you you're in it to win it. You're in it to win it. What sucks is that when you go up against the federal government in in a case of law or a court case, you're you're dealing with an entity that thinks that they're too big to fail. And yet the federal government has the most financial debt and is, you know, the 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 federal government is the largest financial burden in this country because of its spending and its overspending. And here's the thing, Congress needs to learn to tell the government no because it's the Congress that that has the purse so to speak. They have the power of the purse, meaning yes, we're going to you know agree with your budget or no, we're not. And see Congress, I don't know why they do this, but they I don't get it. I don't understand why they don't tell the DOD no. You cannot spend this kind of money. You you cannot do this. But they you know the 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 military and the department of defense try to think how nicely to say this um i'm saying this as a republican capitalist that loves our military here's the thing we have so many crooks in our military and in these different federal agencies that have connections with the military there's so many crooks so much greed and it's like i've said times past if you want to look for real greed and massive amounts of it Wall Street is the last place to look because Wall Street is regulated, it's overregulated, and it's highly scrutinized. This is why so many federal agencies overspend, have a lot of fraud, waste and embezzlement because they're not regulated. They're not overregulated and they're not kept on a on a leash, so to speak. They just have free reign all the time about how much money they spend. That is the problem with this. It's sad. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. It's a problem. But here's the thing: if you get Democrat lawmakers in there, they're just going to over-enable all these bad people, all these bureaucrats that are not elected to office. They are appointed to office. Okay, they're nominated. They're not elected. they are trying to think best to describe this you basically have a bunch of bureaucrats that are in charge of things that should they should never be in charge of is, is my point so i mean we can get huffy and puffy all day and all night about big corporations but what's going on within our government that is the thing that is what concerns me with a lot of this and again I'm not for big bad corporations. I don't like it. But I'm also not a fan of big bad government. I I just don't agree with all this. Because here's the thing, whatever greed or malice is within some of these corporations, it is nothing compared to what is within our federal government. And the reason why again is because it's not always our elected officials that are the main problem. It's these people that are appointed to these positions. that we don't even know who these people are. We don't even know what they're paid and we don't really know what they do, but they're using a lot of our money. A lot of our tax dollars. So again, you know, we we can be irritated all day and all night about Facebook and Instagram, 
But look at what is happening in our federal government. You know what's interesting? Excuse me, I have to take up a little bit. What's interesting is that if the Securities Exchange Commission and the Federal Trade Commission had to audit the federal government, oh my goodness, they would find so many things in there that should never be taking place. Oh my goodness, they would have a field day. They should totally do an audit of the federal government. But here's the thing, they don't ever do an audit of the federal government. Why? Because it's not a place of business. It's a it's a government. This is why we often say that powers of the people always has been always will be, but if you don't realize what power you have, then you're not going to be aware of these people that are basically very highly paid bureaucrats appointed to these positions and then they're just wasting our money. And they're causing inflation by wasting our money. So yes, I understand big corporations The bad ones are bad, but the good ones are good. That's just how it is. But when you have big government, it's never good. That's the thing. You can have a super large corporation that can be amazingly awesome. Amazingly good. That's great, but big government is never ever a good thing. So just be aware of that because I feel like sometimes people they just want to shame and blame, you know, the these bad high up executives. And here's the thing, if they're bad, they're bad. It's it their their behavior goes before them so to speak like you know you can spot them by their bad behavior but but basically with the federal government and so these federal agencies they have bad behavior all the time but we never know about it because they hide it this is why it's so important to have um audits every year of these agencies and of their funds that they get basically our tax dollars to fund their departments This is also why and this might sound familiar to you. This is why we have what are called inspector generals. We have inspector generals from almost every federal agency. Almost every department. And here's the thing, you know, the, those inspector generals, they're supposed to say it like it is. They don't always do that. A lot of them act like lobbyists. It's like, okay, who's going to pay me the most? What can I get out of this? How can I keep my job? Oh, I can keep my job as an as an inspector general if I don't do my job. <laughs> and make it seem like everybody else is the problem except who actually is the problem. So FYI be aware of that. So just don't always fall for the lie or the trap that oh we we need bigger government. We need more legislation. We need this, we need that. No, take a look at what you already have on the books. Take a look at what you already have because I guarantee you we already have things there that could easily be implemented because they're already on the books like we already have these laws and they work really well but if you don't enforce them then of course they're not going to work well so it's kind of like hopefully the federal government will use more common sense as opposed to no sense so FYI be aware of that but as usual until next time I will go ahead and in this podcast have a great and wonderful week and if you want to subscribe do check us out we would love that and you can sign up for a monthly subscription or a 6 month subscription whichever you choose so until next time ciao bye god bless
Don't let this world go down 